You know that sound. That is the sound that welcomes you to the weekend. Welcome to Friday. Welcome to Memphis Flyer Radio. This is the radio show and podcast brought to you from the people and pages of the Memphis Flyer. Your alternative news weekly from right here in good old Memphis, Tennessee, USA. Recorded here at Flyer HQ on beautiful Cotton Row and being to you from the great folks WYXR, your Crosstown Radio, 91.7 FM. So glad to be here. Hey, if you love the Flyer, consider supporting us uh, in our frequent Flyer program. All the details are over at memphisflyer.com. And if you love WYXR, please consider supporting the station with a donation. You can find more details over at WYXR.org. Hey, we took a break. I'm sure you noticed. You were like... Where's that hillbilly-sounding fellow that talks so good to all them super smart flyer folks? Well, I finally took a summer vacation and I took my ultra-charismatic personality with me. I did that so they couldn't do the show without me. (laughs) Well, I also took all my microphones and podcast gear. None of that matters now. We are back and I am happy to be back with y'all. And before we dive into the weekend, folks, this Delta variant is tearing us up out there. As of the show deadline, the countywide mask mandate was supposed to be back on this morning, according to the Shelby County Health Department. Things could have and probably did change after deadline, thanks to our genius leaders in Nashville who seem to care more about my rights and my freedom than they do about protecting the actual health and welfare of Tennessee's people and children. I'm going to stop there. There's more of that later in the show, but here's what I do want to tell you. The Flyer is fun, and we are great at helping you have fun. And we love our bars and restaurants and and music venues, theaters, museums, parks, and and anywhere else you can have fun in this shining city. And we we want you to continue to have fun. But listen, folks, the state government is not going to tell you to be safe anymore. It's on you. It's on us now. And if you read the flyer or listen to this show, you're smart. And you know how to be safe without the government's help. Wear your mask. Try to keep six feet apart. And Lordy have mercy on us all. Go get that vaccine. The shot is free. And that is way cheaper than the thousands of dollars it'll probably cost to get inside of an ICU right now. Even if you can get in one. Alright, we'll stop it there. We do have a great show lined up for you. We're going to hear from our editor, Jesse Davis, about the state's vaccine mess. Jackson Baker will talk to us about redistricting, if I can say that word, coming for uh, a lot of the area's political districts thanks to the latest census information. And I'm going to present an opinion piece from uh, Representative Antonio Parkinson about how state Republicans are undermining local authority, especially when it comes to vaccines, and why he thought that small government was a, a Republican thing, you know? We'll have the member net, of course, and some news, and I'm going to deliver some sweet, sweet goodness from our calendar to help you get your weekend together. That is going to do it, actually. I don't even have to look this week, so here we go. 
going to start the show this week just like we do each and every week with a look down the member net. That is Memphis on the internet. The first one, kind of a serious one. Hashtag slow down Memphis. State, county, and city law enforcement officials are cracking down on speeding, drag racing, and reckless driving with a slow down Memphis campaign. Larry Veasley did not slow down over the weekend, so Memphis Police Department tweeted his mugshot and a photo of his Dodge Charger being towed to the city impound lot with the hashtag SlowDownMemphis. So far this year, 128 people have died in car crashes. That's twice the number of all crash deaths in all of 2019. A Case of You. Last week, folk singer Joni Mitchell, yes, that one, Instagrammed the marquee for Kimbrough Fine Wines and Spirits. That's down in Midtown. That marquee featured lyrics of her song, A Case of You. You'll have to check it out. Cinnamon Roll Gold. A TikTok post from the Memphis Zoo racked up 1.4 million views last week with a bump from a popular TikTok user, Cinnamon Rolls by Sam. Now, describing the meme here, it sounds like cinnamon roll, but it could actually kill you. You'll have to just check out the meme to see what we're talking about. I'm sorry. Having a look at the week that was, civil rights attorney Ben Crump demanded last week that the Kroger security guard who fatally shot a black man be held accountable. Alvin Motley was shot and killed by a security guard at an East Memphis Kroger fuel station after a dispute over loud music. A day after the shooting, the shooter Gregory Livingston was charged with second-degree murder. Crump said another unarmed black person was killed because he was profiled because of the color of his skin. How many more times will we have to face these tragedies, these senseless, unjustifiable tragedies that leave our children in the morgue and families with holes in their hearts? Crump also added it is Kroger's responsibility to hire security guards who respect black customers. Van Turner, president of the Memphis NAACP chapter, called the shooting, quote, a cold-blooded murder. No matter the outcome of a lawsuit challenging Tennessee's new transgender bathroom bill, filing it was, quote, the right thing to do, a gay rights advocate said last week. The law was passed this year and bans transgender students from using the bathroom that, match, that matches their gender identity. A lawsuit against the law was filed recently by the Tennessee Equality Project and the Human Rights Campaign. For us and the HRC, it was morally imperative to do this, said Tennessee Equality Project Executive Director Chris Sanders. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think there's a good chance the law will be struck down. Collierville residents gathered last week at the Collierville School's administration building to protest the mask, the mask mandate put in place for all Shelby County schools. The Shelby County Health Department announced last week that masks will be required in all the county schools regardless of vaccination status. The protest was planned by the group Faces for Freedom, which says, quote, No government and no employer has the authority to mandate vaccination and or mask wearing. Unquote. About 20 protesters showed up toting signs with messages like no mask mandate and let parents decide. I'm Jackson Baker and I write about politics every week for the Memphis Flyer. And what I wrote about this week was 
something you're going to have to be looking at for next year when you start voting for people. You're going to have a lot of different people to vote for. You've got judges, you've got state officials, you've got local officials, you've got legislators, and you think you know who you're voting for. It's the same old people, but not necessarily because the district line is going to be moved around. That is a result of the fact that every 10 years when they take a new national census, population shifts. And when population shifts, the districts have to be refigured. And the way they're refigured in Tennessee is they're all done in the legislature, which means that starting right about now, the Republican legislators, and they're the ones in charge in Nashville right now, they are figuring out who gets to serve what district and have what constituents. And you may or may not be served by the same person. You may not be the same constituent. To give you a sense of how that works, they get to legislate everything. They get to legislate congressional districts, state senate districts, state representative districts, local districts. Everything gets changed. Now, to give you a sense of how that works, if you are in the... Ninth Congressional District, you live in Memphis and you were in the Ninth Congressional District, that's where Steve Cohen is your congressman. And you're used to voting for him and plan to vote for him, or maybe plan to vote against him. In any case, you you're planning to vote in the ninth congressional district next year. Well, maybe so, maybe no, because the average population of a Tennessee district, in order to be consistent with the average of every other district in Tennessee, these days is 767,871. Now, the area that's now in Steve Cohen's 9th Congressional District is not that large. In fact, it's down to 690,000 749, that's a lot of fewer people. So how how is his district going to change because of that? Obviously, it will have to enlarge, it will grab more territory and more people to come up to that population average of 767,000. And where is he going to get it? He's kind of boxed in geographically by the 8th district, which kind of surrounds the 9th congressional district. And he'll have to grab off some of that territory which will, by the way, weaken the 8th District. It'll take a lot of its population out. And the 8th District is also going to be under strength, not to the same degree as the 9th. It actually gained population over the last 10 years, but, but not to the extent the other parts of the state did. So the 8th District is going to be looking for to grab off somebody else's territory, and they'll probably grab it from the 7th District, which is on the other side. In any case, both, both the districts that we're used to in these parts, the 9th District and the 8th District, we, we have two congressmen that are basically Memphians, one serving the 9th, that's Steve Cohen, one serving the 8th, that's David Custom. They're going to find new constituents, is what it comes down to. They may lose some constituents. Now, here's what happens. Ten years ago, Cohen had this nice territory of East Memphis, uh, a well-established commercial area, full of good donors and people who knew him well and he's very pleased with, and he lost them in that redistribution because the 8th District wanted to move further into Memphis and had population reasons for doing so. So they grabbed off this richest part of his territory and compensated him by giving him some extra territory in Millington. So he's got the right number of people and he's still popular enough and 
has enough Democrats who like what he has been doing to keep electing them. And David Kustoff has a good core of Republicans that he grabbed off from the 9th District that he thinks will keep him going and uh, keep his urban Republicans as active as the rural Republicans, which he has a lot on. But with this new distribution, we don't know how the population is going to change. Presumably, calling enough Democrats to be reelected. Presumably, Kustoff will keep enough Republicans to be reelected, but they won't be the same people necessarily. There will be some of the same people plus a whole lot of new people. And this will be happening throughout the state. I tell you where it gets really randy. It gets really randy in Middle Tennessee where they're gaining population, not losing population. And Nashville, which like Memphis has been basically served by a single congressman, Jim Cooper, is probably going to be split into about five or six slivers so that the city is not totally represented by any one person, but parts of the city will be represented by several different congressmen, many of them Republicans, because the Republicans are fixing this map. They're the ones in charge of the legislature, and they're going to determine uh, which way the coin flips. Now, usually on the show, I like to get the people that write the thing to get on the show and tell us about it or read it for us or something like that. But this time, I am going to present an opinion piece by Representative Antonio Parkinson from The Last Word. This is the last uh, the last page of the flyer. I wanted to do it because it's important to hear and important to hear from somebody who is inside the government. This guy is on the House of Representatives. He knows how this stuff works and is a real insider and has thoughts on the inside of, of how these political decisions get made. It's called Executive Malfunction. State Republicans are undermining local ordinances and putting Tennessee's kids at risk. Again, this is a uh, last word piece by Representative Antonio Parkinson. He writes, On Wednesday, August 12th, 73 House Republicans sent a letter to Governor Bill Lee asking him to call a special legislative session to consider legislation about counties requiring that our children wear masks in schools. Though Lee refrained from calling a special session, He did issue an executive order on Monday, August 16th, allowing parents to opt their children out of mask wearing regardless of their school district's rules. Around 2010, Republicans passed and touted virtual schools in Tennessee. When the pandemic hit and people wanted virtual, they said it was bad and children needed to be in the classroom. When children returned to the classroom and masks were required to keep them and teachers safe, Republicans wanted to take the masks away. Now they've come up with another plan, a new plan for our children. But this one puts our babies, teachers, and families at even more risk. Again, this is an opinion piece by Representative Antonio Parkinson. This is interesting because I thought Republicans campaigned on smaller government and local control. However, it appears that Democrats in the Tennessee legislature are the real advocates for smaller government and local control. Republicans on the campaign trail talk about local control, but in reality, they're for state control when it comes to something that runs counter to the national Republican agenda and, in many cases, the defunct Trump playbook. This happened when Memphis removed the Nathan Bedford Forest statue in what is now Health Sciences Park. It happened earlier this year in the discussion about teaching our young people about race relations in a comprehensive manner. It's happening again, except this time... They are affecting the safety of our children, our teachers, and our citizens. Again, this is an opinion piece by Representative Antonio Parkinson. The statistics are sobering. 
According to a case count compiled by the New York Times, the daily average COVID-19 cases in Tennessee more than doubled, it's up 126%, in 14 days. The same for the numbers of Tennesseans who were hospitalized, that number's up 109%. According to the Tennessee Department of Health, cases among children under 10 rose sharply in the beginning of August, once again more than doubling. So far, the state has counted more than 52,000 cases in patients 10 years old and younger and six deaths. To some lawmakers who are making their arguments based on percentages, six deaths may be acceptable to them. To me, six deaths is too many. And those six deaths could possibly have been prevented. Again, this is an opinion piece by Rep uh, Representative Antonio Parkinson. Now, in spite of those alarming numbers and the fact that only six Tennessee counties have implemented some form of a mask mandate, Republican legislators wanted to bring lawmakers back to Nashville in order to issue vouchers as a punishment-slash-alternative for those parents who don't want their children to have to wear a required mask only indoors while in school. This idea would have allowed them public money to take their children to a private school where masks are not required. The school voucher financial plan being a goal Tennessee Republicans have pursued with vigor. Though Lee's executive order effectively removes vouchers as an option for this school year, by making masks optional by a state-level executive order, the governor has again cribbed notes from the GOP playbook of undermining local government. This time the issue is not one of a public park or school curriculum, but the health and safety of our children. Again, this is an opinion piece by Representative Antonio Parkinson. This is way too much for the citizens of our state. The continued adversarial relationship between the state and Shelby and Davidson counties, the state's largest contributors of tax dollars and resources, is nonproductive and stressful to all citizens. How do you say decisions on community health should be made locally and in the very same breath and sentence remove local control in regards to children wearing masks at school? Many children in Shelby County and across the state live in multi-generational households. More and more, children are requiring hospitalization when contracting COVID and can easily transmit the virus to parents and other family members whom they come in contact with. These conditions may prove debilitating or fatal for a child or their family members. I disagree with the executive order. It is irresponsible. The goal is to stop the spread of the virus in Tennessee. This executive order in no way will curb the spread of the virus. As a matter of fact, it may accelerate the spread of COVID in our state. Furthermore, Trying to live and keep one's family alive and healthy through this pandemic is stressful enough in and of itself. I pray that those of us who are in state leadership will take a few breaths and give local government and leadership an opportunity to govern without the threats from, quote, little big brother. Remember, we are talking about real and actual lives and livelihoods. Again, that is an opinion piece from Representative Antonio Parkinson. He's a Democratic member of the Tennessee House of Representatives representing District 98. Jesse Davis is the editor of the Memphis Flyer. This week in his letter from the editor, Jesse writes about the vaccine and why he wishes he could write about something else. 
On Monday, August 16th, Governor Bill Lee issued an executive order allowing parents to opt their children out of mask mandates imposed by local school districts, such as that of Shelby County Schools. SCS Superintendent Joris Ray immediately announced that he was meeting with the board and their council to review the legalities of Governor Lee's Executive Order 84. I imagine the same situation happened in Davidson County as well, and that the state will be hit with a slew of lawsuits. Again. What worries me is that we continue to allow a fanatical minority to dictate the terms of acceptable behavior. We're bending over backwards to please and appease these people, or to beg them to take the simplest of precautions. It's, quite frankly, driving me crazy. I don't want to write about it anymore. I don't want to think about it anymore. I want us to be able to gather together in public, and I want us to be able to feel that we're safe and healthy, that our children are healthy and safe at school. I want the Flyers advertisers to do great business and to be able to have events. I want my staff to be able to go out on assignment and be safe and not worry that they're around people who will put them in jeopardy. To me, it seems like our governor has sidestepped the expensive issue of calling a special session, which some Tennessee legislators wanted to happen, uh, while he is still delivering up an executive action that will play well on Fox News. Parents know best, and the government can't make my health decisions for me are old standards, and I'm sure his supporters will eat them up. But getting out of this mess will take work and sacrifice, and that's a hard sell to voters. And anyway, the success isn't guaranteed. There's a vocal segment of the population who will remember this, Governor Lee's executive order, as a stand against tyranny. And those people vote. So we're stuck, all of us, bending to the whims of a few because they're reliable voters who don't ask for any meaningful change. A viable political candidate for these people is not one who brings jobs to the state or works to improve health care access. No, they simply have to tout a gold star NRA rating, a willingness to waste state funds defending the newest feudal and cruel version of a bathroom bill, and say something generic about freedom. But it's a plywood freedom, a facade, a paper mache cut out of some red, white, and blue fairy tale. It's a freedom without obligation or responsibility, and such a thing is a myth. Anyone selling that version of life is a snake oil salesman right out of the music man. So here we are, asking the National Guard to help us in our hospitals, and the Biden administration has just recommended booster shots of the COVID vaccine for eligible adults eight months after their second dose. So we see the damage that can be done by those who demand access to society's benefits without participating in its responsibilities. You wear a seatbelt to protect you in a car crash, but also so that you don't become a 200-pound projectile that can hurt someone else. It's the same thing with a vaccine or a mask or distancing. It's not just for you. It's for other people. Some of these people can't protect themselves. They're old. They have compromised immune systems. And it's also for our businesses. It's for our kids who, who just want to go to school and learn and make friends. My nephew started his first year of preschool this week. In fact, the same day that Governor Lee issued his executive order. And um, he was so excited. It was so clear 
He's wearing a mask in all his pictures, but you can just see in his eyes, he's, he's happy to be around kids. And this is someone who used to go to two different story times at two different libraries every week. And at the beginning of this pandemic, that stopped. And he's still seen family, but he's, he's craved interaction with his peers. And I know he's not the only one. I think of the student athletes who might not be able to play in college, and, and this is their last chance. I, I think of musicians who are losing out on income. And I think of the people who are filling emergency rooms right now and ICUs. I hope that they are safe. I hope they're healthy. I hope that those of us who feel like their individual liberties supersede the well-being of their neighbors will abandon this selfish school of thought, step up and do their part. Get vaccinated if you can. Wear a mask. Stop hurling insults at healthcare workers under the guise of protest. All in this together, even though we're not all at the same level of risk. That means it's going to take all of us to get out of it. Let's uh, flip back here to our calendar, see if we can't help you get your weekend together. In this case, your next week together, because the first event is Memphis Fashion Week. It's celebrating its 10th anniversary, and this is next week, the 25th through the 27th, with events all over town. Check it out, Memphis Fashion Week, at memphisfashionweek.com. Tickets range from $60 to $150. At Playhouse on the Square, a show, Days of Rage, is playing. It opens Friday tonight at 8 p.m., continues through September 19th. Young revolutionaries who are disavowed with the status quo search to make change rather than wait for it. Tickets are $42. Solon on the River. The summer concert series this week features Memphis-based R&B singer Dottie. Bring lawn chairs, a cooler, and a picnic to Renaissance Park. That's at 1467 Mississippi. That's tonight, 7 p.m. It is absolutely free. Online Paw Prince House Potty, if you get that potty with a P-A-W, this is for the Humane Society of Memphis and Shelby County. This is a virtual party. Uh, you can choose from meals from Pete and Sam's Echo or Restaurant Iris. Tickets include a party pack filled with supplies. There's also a silent auction. This is tomorrow, August 21st, 3 to 5 p.m. Tickets are $50. The Landers Center hosts the Tri-State Blues Festival. This is down in South Haven. It features music by Pokey Bear, Calvin Richardson, Bobby Rush, Lenny Williams, Ronnie Bell, Chick Rogers, and Terry Wright. This is tomorrow night, Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. Tickets are $36. Over at Black Lodge, Movie Bluffs, Bad Cinema, Good Comedy. Featuring live improv comedy followed by the live screening and lambasting of a lousy film. They don't tell us what film that is. Could be a lot. Tickets are $10. Uh, this is Saturday night. Anthony Cools plays the Horseshoe Casino Tunica. Hypnotist and entertainer brings his razor-sharp humor and hypnosis skills to Tunica. This is Saturday night. Tickets are $39.50. That's oddly specific. At Crosstown Concourse, the central atrium there, there's a book signing by Bill Haltom. The author discusses and signs his book, Sears Crosstown in Memphis, from catalogs to a concourse, which tells the story of the building's past, present, and future. This is next week, Tuesday, August 24th. It's absolutely free over at Concourse, Crosstown Concourse, of course. At Chuckles Comedy Club, Arnez J. plays. There are shows tonight and tomorrow at 10 p.m. Tickets are $32.00. The Comedy Junt has Lotus B. There's other funny business going on over there, too. This is tonight at 8 p.m. Tickets are $20.
And for you early birds who want to go down to South Haven tomorrow morning, there's the Southern Flea Market. Tickets are $2 down at the Lander Centers. It uh, starts at 9 a.m. And don't forget to check out the Beale Street Art Crawl Festival. This is a family-friendly event featuring artists on Beale Street. This is Saturday from 1 to 7 p.m. Of course, that's down on Beale Street. Looks like there's a ton of stuff to do this weekend, y'all. So go out, have fun, and be careful. folks that's gonna do it for the first half of the show the talk half of the show thank y'all so much for hanging out with me please stick around for the second half of the show well the better half of the show with our music editor alex green who is going to spin you some records tell you some tales and i'm telling you folks he's gonna sound dang good doing it all right thanks so much have a great weekend have a safe weekend mask up get the shot alex take it away thank you (laughs) 